Thank you guys for coming out tonight. I know uh, it's probably the one of the least exciting uh, classes you'll hear. Oh, be a servant. It's like, wow, that sounds like it sucks. I don't want to show up. But you guys are here. So that already shows you guys have like a pretty good heart already. But uh, I'm just going to get right into this. If you guys think of your sheet, there's some, some out there. Um, I'm just going to start. Cool. Be a servant. Uh, my expectation for this class is that you'd make an informed decision about who you will serve and prove it with your actions. And I hope to hope that if it's confusing now, it'll be uh, crystal clear later. I'm going to read this verse and we'll go. But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Isaiah 40, uh, 31. I'm just going to pray and then we'll go. Lord, I love you. Also, Pastor Clyde loves you. We all love you here. You're the best, okay? Uh, we're so thankful that you're already in this place, God. We don't have to scream and cry to make you show up. You're here, and you, you love us, and that's way more than we even deserve, Lord. So I just pray that you'd really help me communicate what you want to communicate tonight in your name. Amen. Cool. So I got the two notes here. I'm trying to balance them both. Opening prayer. Check. We did it. So at first I thought, you know, being a servant, I'm going to teach people, you know, how to be a servant. You know, it's, you got to show up early, work hard, whatever, all that stuff. But then I realized, in this little quote here, servanthood is not something you need to learn because you already know how to do it. Every day we serve someone wholeheartedly. Whoever your king is, that is who you serve. If you serve yourself, you are your own king. All right? And I'm going to get into this pretty in depth, and you might be confused, but just stick with me. I'm going to, it'll make sense, okay? Jesus came to earth, or let me tell you what this is. This is why Jesus came to earth, to be king. That's a little blank there. Jesus came to earth to be the king. All right, he came for a lot of reasons, but this is just one of many, and it's a big one. Tim, how do you know this? Why do you think this? Well, I'll tell you. Thank you for asking that question, guys. You're very, uh, very, uh, what do you call that? Astute. That's good. Well, I don't even know what that means, but I'm pretty sure I know now. Anyways, here we go. John 18, 37, this little verse. Pilate therefore said to him, let me give you a little background. I always get into it. All right. This is right before Jesus is about to go to the cross. So everybody hates Jesus. Why? Who knows? He's the best. But they're just like, he's doing crazy stuff. And they're like, ah, this, why this guy? He's, he's going against the law. So they're just trying to find something wrong with him. He's never broken the law, okay? Jesus, he's, he's perfect. He's, he's killing it. Every time the Pharisees try to get him with something, he's like, oh, why'd you do this? He's like, ah, well, this, this, and that. And they're like, you got me, you know? So they're trying to find something wrong with Jesus so that they can crucify him. So this is right before, and this guy's like grilling him. He's, Pilate therefore said to him, are you a king then? Jesus answered, you say rightly that I am a king. It was for this cause that I was born and for this cause that I have come into the world that I should bear witness to the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. Now what is the truth in this, in this verse? The truth that he's saying is that he's the king. And that's what he's saying. He's saying, yes, I'm a king, and I came to bear witness to this truth, the truth that he's the king. Why is this important? I'll tell you in a little bit here, okay? So he came to be the king. Now, this is essentially the reason that he died, because there was a king at the time, and if someone else said, hey, I'm a king, it's like, you can't do that. It's called treason, and they would die. They would kill him, and that's what happened to Jesus, because he said he was a king. He had to go, little did they know he was actually the true king, but we know now, and it's great, great news. All right, in order to serve God, he has to be the king, not me. All right, now this sounds pretty simplistic, but uh, I, I want to get into a little more. Sin starts with the desire to be our own king. All right? Uh, James 1.15, it says, Then when desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is fully grown, 
brings death. So this means before we ever sin, there is a desire that happens for it. Uh, we think, I kicked the thing there. We think back to uh, the garden with Adam and Eve. Before Eve ever took the fruit, Satan, when he was a snake, he, he said, hey, look at that. Doesn't it look good? And she's like, now that I see it, actually, yeah, it kind of does. She does. It says she desired it in her heart. And then she took it, which was, which was sin. And uh, the same thing, I mean, David and Bathsheba, David saw Bathsheba and was like, uh, I want that, you know. It, and he made the mistake. We all know, bada bing, bada boom, it wasn't good. Okay. That was a little joke, guys. It's okay. It's okay to smile a little bit. Let's see here. Where are we at here? All right. Whoever your king is, that is who you serve. Again, if you only serve yourself, you are your own king. Serving God means putting his desires in front of mine. So when I'm always following after my own desires, now, now this is my trip people up. It doesn't even matter if your desire is good or bad. If it's not the desire that God has, it's actually sin. And I know it sounds kind of crazy, but a lot of people, they think, oh, man, if I just give money to enough homeless people, if I just show up at church enough times, and oh, I'm good, you know. But that would mean that we earned our salvation, which is by no means the case. You can't earn it. So the desire that we have, it needs to be his. All right, you guys tracking with me or no? You can, you can say no. It's all right, got a couple nods, heads. Yes, that's good. So be love. You know, this is our motto. Uh, but love looks like doing something. Love in action looks like serving, okay? Serving. That's a little blank there. You can't love and do nothing. Love is a choice and the choice to serve. How do we know this? Perfect love, a.k.a. Jesus. Perfect love came in the flesh. His name was Jesus. And Jesus said, Pastor, Pastor said it Sunday. It's right from the Bible. Jesus said, I didn't come to be served, but I came to serve. So we, we think, oh, you know, we got to be loved. That's, again, that's like our anthem. That's what we're all about. Oh, be love. You know, my dear children, let us not just talk about love, but let us be about love. If we're going to be about love, you can't be about love sitting on your couch doing nothing. <laughs> you, doing, uh, being love looks like serving. Uh, I think this verse, John 15, 13, greater love has no man than this, than he who would lay his life down for his friends. Again, he, you can't lay your life down for your friends when your friends are there and you're over here and you're not doing anything. Love looks like doing something. Looks like serving. All right. I want to get into this a little more here. But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles, run and not grow weary. They shall walk and not grow faint. Again, that verse, Isaiah 40, 31. Now, what does that have to do with serving? All right. It's just like, man, if I wait for God to show up, I'll have strength. Now, that's what, that's what we think, because we see the word wait, and we're like, ah, like, so I have to wait over here. I'm going to sit down, and then God's going to show up or something. But we all know the Bible wasn't written in English, so this, like, this word wait, it actually has, has another meaning behind it. And this word wait is less of like a waiting, doing nothing, and more of like a waiter or like a server at a restaurant. Okay, stick with me. This is going to get really good. Okay, I promise. When you're waiting, so, so you work at a restaurant, Okay. You, you're there, and a table comes in like, hey, you know, you got a two-top. That means table with two people. You go up to them, you're like, hey, guys, welcome. Thanks so much for coming to Ashley's Golden Star Cafe. Uh, can I get you, what can I get you to drink? Whatever. And, uh, and they're like, oh, I'd like a water. And someone's like, oh, I want an orange juice. Now, how weird would it be if they're like, mm, I'm not, I'll get you the water, but I'm not going to get you the orange juice? That'd be weird. It's like, 
well, why are you here then? <laughs> it's like, this, isn't, this your, isn't this your job? Isn't this why you do all this stuff? Isn't this why you, 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 so when you get a job, you apply, you meet the boss, you're like, hey, yeah, I'm going to do a great job and wear cool clothes. They're like, awesome, come on. And then they pay you money, you work there. So the decision for that server isn't, I'm going to get you orange juice or I'm not going to, or I'm going to get your chili Rihanna plate or I'm not going to. The, the choice happened a long time ago when they said, you know what? I want to apply here. I'd like to work at this restaurant. I'd like to be a part of this. Now, if they didn't want to give you the chili Rihanna plate, then why would they apply there? It doesn't make any sense. All right, it's going to get really good here in just about 30 seconds. Nobody likes a server who does that. They're like, hey, man, can I get some extra chips? And they're like, I guess so. And then they go get the chips. And it's like, I'm sorry for inconveniencing you just because my chips ran out. I'm hungry. You know, that'd be weird, right? That's like a half-hearted server. Or in biblical terms, that'd be lukewarm. Are you guys tracking here? Nobody, you don't step into the job saying, all right, I'm going to do all this stuff, but I'm not going to get people water. I mean, you can let someone else do that. I'll bring out, like, the cool dishes, like at Chili's when the steam comes up so everybody looks at me, whatever. I can do that. I'll be like, hey, welcome to Chili's. Hey, here you go. Here's your fajitas, whatever it is, you know. You guys call it fake fajitas. I love those, but that's okay. That's another story. Um, that, that'd be weird, right? It'd be weird for you to, oh, I'm only going to do this and some of this. It's the same thing with Christianity, guys. And this is what I'm trying to bring in here. When you hop into this relationship with Jesus, it's not like, okay, so everything I have is yours, whatever you want from me, except if some food falls on the floor or if, like, they want extra water because I'm only bringing, like, one. That doesn't make any sense. We can't, a lot of us do the same thing when we come to the Lord. We come in and we're like, oh, man, you know, I'm Jesus. All my life is yours. And then it's like, hey, guys, we need help with the kids today. It's like, oh, that's a no for me, dog. <laughs> uh, that's a, I think... You have kids, right? You should probably do that. I think you probably know what to do down there. Or it's like, hey, guys, we need help uh, moving some chairs, cleaning up. It's like, hey, that's, that's awesome. I, I think I might know someone else for that because that's not, that's not me. Oh, you need me to preach? Oh, yeah, I can preach. No problem. Hey, I'll, I'll love that. You know, let me let everybody look at me. I'll do my thing up there. They'll see me. They'll be like, oh, you know. But here's the thing. When you are deciding what you will and won't do, who's in charge there? Who's the king there? You are. <laughs> so what happens is we get stuck in this cycle. We think that, oh, I'm doing good things. But if you're doing it for the wrong reason and, and the wrong desire, it doesn't work out. So I have this little thing at the bottom. You're either in or out. Now, it sounds pretty harsh. I know. Guys, we're all about love. And here's the thing. If you're not ready for this, that's cool. Let's keep talking. Let's keep walking. We'll, we'll grow closer to the Lord. That's awesome. But this, Jesus said the same thing. He said, he said, you're either with me or you're not with me. And that's what he's saying. And it's, and it's, it's super real. There's a, there's a story like old preachers say. It's like, you know, you're either on God's side of the fence or you're on Satan's side of the fence. You can't sit on the fence because the fence belongs to the devil too. And Jesus said the same thing. He says, you're either hot or you're cold. He's like, if you're hot, cool. Like, we'll use you. If you're cold, that's all right. It's, we don't want to be in that middle ground. All right, now I know this is, this is pretty intense, and everybody's like, wow, this, this sounds terrible. Don't worry, it gets worse. Serving sounds like, not sounds like, serving equals, this is the other side of your page, serving equals surrender. All right? And I know this is tough. It's like, ouch, I don't really like that that much. So I titled my part right here, it's on the notes, but it says, benefits of serving. Why serve God then if it sounds like it sucks? That's a great question. I don't know if I'm supposed to say sucks, but I said it. I'm sorry. Uh, it's Wednesday night. It's okay. We'll, say, we'll be better on Sunday. Probably not, but benefits of serving. So why in the world would we even serve God if we have to do everything his way, if we never get a, 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 all this stuff? 
those who wait upon the Lord. Now, we know that this doesn't mean sitting down. This means doing something. I'm going to start preaching here in a second. I might jump. All right, so don't, don't, don't freak out. Those who wait on the Lord shall rise up with wings like eagles. They will run and not, oh, I got to read this. I'm going to mess it up. They will run and not grow faint. Yep, not be weird. They'll walk and not grow faint. They'll rise up with wings like eagles. The reason a lot of people in the church are running and growing faint and they're walking and they're growing weary and they're not rising up with wings like eagles is because they are sitting down, waiting on the Lord. God, are you going to do something? I'm waiting on you to do something when that's not our job. Our job is to, Lord, what do you need me to do? Oh, you need me to pick up this chair? I'll move it. I, I don't even know where it needs to go. I'll move this chair over here. Okay, yes, Lord, whatever you need. You need me to stand up here? Oh, what, you need me to be an auctioneer? Okay, I'll do that too, whatever it means. Even if it's a little embarrassing and awkward, I'll do it. And then, in the middle of your serving, uh-oh. <laughs> in the middle of your serving, right when, you're, right when you're serving, that's when your strength is renewed. Now, this sounds crazy. Because in the world, this is going to throw me off. In the world, we're so, all right, we're so used to, we're so used to, um, we're so used to working and then we get tired. But with the Lord, it's not like that. One-handed, thank you. All right. We're so used to working and then we get tired. But with the Lord, we're in a backwards kingdom. Things happen a little differently. Can you guys say backwards kingdom? All right, that was terrible. Can you say backwards kingdom? All right, thanks guys. That was a little happier. Great. We're in an upside-down kingdom, a backwards kingdom, where when you work, your strength is actually renewed. How do I know this? Because the verse says, those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. If you're feeling down, if you're feeling out, if you're feeling tired and beat up, it's because you're not waiting on the Lord. You are waiting on the Lord. <laughs> sitting down. I'm out of breath a little bit, so I'm breathing hard. <laughs> you're sitting down. You're like, God, are you going to do anything anytime soon? That'd be cool. When the whole time he's like, look, this strength is available to you right now. If only you would get up and do something about it. Uh-oh. All right. I'm sorry, guys. I just love God. I get pretty, I get excited. Lose my voice. All right, this is exciting. Okay. That is why we serve. That's why we surrender. Because we're in a different kingdom. When you surrender to God, it's actually freedom in the world, which we don't understand. But the Bible says we were once slaves to sin. Because right now, I mean, uh, hopefully for no one in here, but if, you, if you're still right in the middle of the world, if you're lost, if you're not chasing, if you haven't like given your life to the Lord, you're stuck in a cycle of sin. I promise you. You might be like, nah, I run my life except I can't go four days without smoking weed. It's like, uh, that sounds like you're stuck to something. That sounds like you're in bondage to something. No, no, I'm, t I'm totally free except for I have no, no uh, financial peace and every day I'm worried about if I'm going to have enough money and uh, I'm striving and I'm working nine jobs just because, you know, I have to and this, this, and that. That doesn't sound like you're free, brother. <laughs> we get free by surrendering ourselves. I know it sounds crazy, but this is, this is the kingdom that you've entered when you give your life to Christ. Let me go back to this sheet here. Three reasons to serve. There's a lot more, but here's a couple. Serving leads you into sonship. There's a verse in the Bible. I should have printed it out. But it's talking about when God, he says, I no longer call you slaves, but I call you my friend. I share my secrets with, secrets with you. That means that there was a time when God called us his servants. There's a, there's a growth that happens. We don't just come up to God. I mean, think about this. You don't just meet someone on the sidewalk and be like, hey, man, we should be buddies. It's like, okay, that doesn't happen. Maybe in Silver City. Everybody's super nice here. It's weird. But um, you don't just meet somebody, hey, man, we should be buddies. By the way, when I was eight, this happened to me, and my dad really hurt me, and I've, I've been shook ever since. And that's weird, right? He's like, ah, how about I, that's a little bit too much. We grow in relationship with God. And this serving is one of the ways we do this. We start serving. 
Because right there in the middle of it, when we're tired and then we start to serve and we start to learn that these principles, that God's not a liar, <laughs> that he's actually telling the truth. So we start serving. Our faith, start, our faith starts to grow. We grow in sonship. We start to grow in maturity. When you serve, I don't know, I don't even know what happens. I can't even explain it. But there's something that happens in the middle of your serving where you're here and you need to be there and you're, you're definitely not there. But somehow in the middle of the serving, in the stacking chairs when nobody's watching, in the, in the kids' church, when you're in the third classroom over and nobody even knows you're at church this Sunday, like, hey, man, I missed you. You're like, actually, I was just cleaning up dirty diapers and cleaning up goldfish. The kids kept stepping on. It was the worst. But, you know, I was doing it. <laughs> but um, when you're doing that stuff, that's when things start to grow. There's, an, uh, there's another verse that says that let, when you let patience have its perfect work in you, you grow into being perfect. I know that sounds crazy. I know it does, but that's what the Bible's saying. It's saying, let patience have its perfect work in you. Some of you guys, are just you're, you're in charge of your own life. I've totally been there, I promise you. My, a ton of my life I was there. You, you're, you're doing everything your way, and so there's no opportunity for you to even grow in patience. <laughs> so there's no way that you can mature. You can't get any better if, if there's a conflict that doesn't come into your life. Because if, if conflict's here, and you're like, I'm actually, I'm going to just sit down and do nothing and avoid the conflict, you're like, I have a pretty good life. You know, this is okay. You're, but you're not growing. You're staying in the same place. And a lot of people come into church week after week, but they, they avoid the conflict. They avoid anything that might hurt just a little bit, that might inconvenience themselves. They avoid it. But little do they know, when they step into that, they're also stepping into their destiny. And I'm going to get into that just a little bit. Really good stuff here. Actually, right now I'm going to do that. That's awesome. Serving is the road to greatness. Oh, I, I, I said it in a second, but that's okay. I'll just repeat it. Serving is the road to greatness. Now, what do I mean? That's a good question. Thank you for asking that, Don. We live in a backwards kingdom, right? Here's, here's the blank here. God wants me to be great. Do you believe that? Yes, yeah, so moderately. Okay, that's, I, heard, I heard what you're actually saying. God wants you to be great. Can you say that? God wants me to be great. How do you know this? I'll tell you in one second. All right, hold up. Next, next blank here. Servanthood is the road to greatness. Servanthood is the road to greatness. Again, we're in a backwards kingdom. So to actually get bigger and better and to grow, you actually have to do less and be least. Now, I'm going to prove it to you. You don't believe me? Don't worry. I'll prove it. I'll prove it. Not by my own words, but I'm going to prove it with the Bible because that's the only thing you should really listen to, okay? All right. Two people like the Bible here. That's good. That's all right. Hopefully three by the end of this. Whoever desires to become great among you. Let's stop right there. Whoever desires to be great among you. Now, what I love is Jesus doesn't say, that's a bad thing. That is a Who wants to be great? Stop it. No. Get out. No. No one's going to be great here. He doesn't say this. He says, whoever desires to be great, I'm going to tell you how to do that. He says, he will be your servant. Other translations say he will be servant of all. A lot of people think, uh, like in marketing and in the music industry, they're like, oh, if I portray myself to be this great and powerful person and stuff, then that'll attract more people to me because they think I have money. That's why, like, the rappers that have, like, like the, the stack of money, and it's like a $100 bill on top, a bunch of ones, and $100 bill. It's like, ah, I got money, you know. Whether they're like, rent a car for the day. They're like, you know, out here in this Escalade, ah, you know. And they're going to be like, hey, yeah, I'm sorry. It's got a scratch on it, sir. Yeah, it's yours. Get back in their Honda Accord and have a good day, you know. People, people think that if they portray greatness, that if they portray having, having it all together, that that's what elevates them. But again, we live in a backwards kingdom. It's all upside down. You want to go up, you got to go down. That rhymed a little bit, but that's all right. If you want to go up, you got to go down. 
You guys don't believe me, but this is what Jesus said. Whoever desires to be great among you, he said, let me tell you how to do it. You want to be great? Awesome. Here's how you do it. Go serve. And you guys don't believe me? Don't worry. We have plenty examples of this, even in this own church. Now, I, this is going to be a little awkward, but I got to go for it. True humility is knowing who you are. When I was growing up, I was so, so privileged to have my parents teach me to serve. Granted, for the first 10, 12 years of my life, it was the wrong heart, not really good. God doesn't want that, but that's another story. But I was serving. I was always working. So, Because I came from a family, and there's, I have five brothers and one sister, so that's seven kids, all from the same parents. My mom homeschooled us all. Anyways, but we were no stranger to hard work. We heated our house with wood. We had a, a big house, but that means you need a lot of wood, okay? So we were always out there. I promise you, the second, like, you have a little bit of summer, and then, the, like, the first leaf falls, and it's like, all right, you're chopping wood for the rest of the fall, and you're out there, and you're hauling it, and you're doing this stuff. And this is, like, every day. This is, like, after you get home from school, and track practice, and the, and the musical thing, too, because I was a nerd. I'm getting home at, like, 8 o'clock, and my dad's like, well, you haven't helped with wood all day, so now's a good time. We got a spotlight. It's like, wow, why do we get that light? This is the worst. All right, Dad, here we go. <laughs> and so he goes split wood. But it was, it was everywhere. Whenever you see, like, like, six boys walk in the room, you're like, man, I bet those guys can help me move these chairs. We can. We're professionals at it. That's why, I mean, whenever we do stuff in the, in the fellowship hall, I always joke about it, but I'm serious. Like, I am a professional chair mover. I've been doing it. At, at the, as old as I could, the second I could lift up a chair, I could, I was doing it. Because <laughs> all my brothers were doing it, my dad was doing it. And uh, we had parties at church all the time. We're always having potluck, and we always had to clean up. I don't know what other families were doing at the time. Anyways, I'm not hurt, I promise. But no, I genuinely, I am, I really am thankful for that. So ever since then, I've just learned, man, I got to serve. And at, uh, what was really cool is at the time, I wasn't, I would genuinely, genuinely, wasn't interested in being, like, great or being good. I'm not, not saying I'm anything, uh, I don't know. That's another, I got to talk about it later, guys. I'm going to get sidetracked. But serving was just ingrained in me, all right? I went to the school of ministry in Atlanta, and I would just go in the mornings. I would pray a little bit. And there was, like, this back, the back lot of the, of the church was, like, a wreck. There's a bunch of weeds and stuff. So one day I'm like, hey, Pastor Tom, can I, like, clean that out? He's like, yeah, man. So I just, I was out there. And no one told me to do it. Like, thinking back, I'm like, that was weird. Why did I? I don't even know why I did that. But it was just ingrained in me to work, to serve, to, hey, we need somebody to mop the floors. It's like, all right, I can do that. But it was like the size of sanctuary. I was like, kind of regret my decision, but here we go. You know, an hour in, and I'm finally done mopping. It's like, all right, now to the next room. But it was just, it was just, I don't know. Serving was ingrained in me. Like Pastor Clyde was saying, we met. What I didn't know, I just realized it the other day. I've actually known Pastor Clyde longer than most of you guys had. You're like, what? That's crazy. He's been pastor here for two years. I'm serious, Liz. I'm, you're shaking your head. No, I really have. Back when Pastor Clyde, he was in, uh, he was in Albuquerque. He was helping out Pastor Mike, we know. And he was, uh, he was, it was funny because you see Pastor Clyde today, and you're like, oh, he's a preacher. I want to be a preacher. Hey, Pastor Clyde, can I, can I speak? But what you guys didn't see is when some random uh, college team came into town. Pastor Clyde's like, hey guys, you want to go get some pizza? Okay, cool. He's like, hey, you need a place to stay? I'm going to kick Elijah out of his room and you can sleep in there or you can sleep here. I'm dead serious. And this is all Pastor Clyde did at that church. He was just serving under Pastor Mike for years. I mean, the same thing happened with, uh, with even uh, Pastor Chase and Ole. When they first showed up at the church, I wasn't here. Okay, so this is just stories I've heard. But they, uh, all I've heard was that they showed up in this like the second week, they're like, hey, you know what we should do? We should start a whole ministry, the community closet. And they just did it. And they're like, hey, we have a gap here. And they just filled it. And now they're Pastor Chase, like we know who they are. And they like run things. And it's, it's incredible. All I'm saying is this. Jesus tells you the path to greatness is to serve. I know 
you, you'll probably hear this, and it probably still won't sink in. I hope it does. But th- this, I'm just saying, this is this is how it works. And if there's, if I'm not proof enough, because I know I'm just, I'm just, you know, I sing the songs and I'm here to help out, whatever. But like Pastor Clyde runs this church. Crazy things have happened. I mean, and I've heard the stories, but you don't get to that level. The Lord doesn't trust you with that if you don't earn it in the serving. Because how, how, how can he trust you with, with, you know, 300, 400 people every week if you're not stewarding the, the three kids in kids' church that puke and they cry and you're like, I'm doing every trick I know to make this kid stop crying and it's not working. And it's like, you, you, you have to earn the, the, the uh, greatness, per se, within serving. And how do I know that? It's in the Bible. So don't take my word for it. Take Jesus, the Son of God, okay? Is that okay? We're doing all right? Good. Good, good, good. Where am I here? Jesus was the greatest servant of all time. We already know. He said, guys, I didn't even come to be served. I came to serve. And, and that's how we know Jesus is the GOAT. That's a, that's a term the kids are using. It's an acronym, G-O-A-T, greatest of all time. Okay? That was free. You guys can take that. Jesus was the GOAT. He was the greatest of all time. How do we know this? Because he was the greatest servant of all time. He served so much that he literally died for us in our place. That's, that's crazy. I love a lot of you guys, but when I'm willing to die, I hope so. I'm not going to say 100%. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's crazy, guys. But this is the example that Jesus set for us. He laid his whole, his literal, now we think about this like it's, like it's fake. Like, oh, yeah, man, he served every day, and then he just passed away. No, he literally gave up his entire life. Jesus even said, he said, like, he, he said, you know, birds have nests, foxes have holes. He says, but the son of man, he's saying, I'm God in the flesh, and I don't even have a place to stay. That's how much, he was just giving up everything. Every, every, from the time of whatever it was, 30 to 33, he was giving up every single second. He's, you, you read it, he gets interrupted. He's got stuff to do, and even on his way to do something, like, someone's like, look, my daughter's gonna die. He's like, all right, let's go. And then someone's like, oh, Jesus. And he's like, they got healed, and then it goes to their house, and the girl ends up dying, but he's serving over here, and then he's like, all right, guys, she's not dying, she's asleep. She comes back alive, and then right from there, the whole crowd's pushing around, hey, Jesus, I need this miracle, I need this, I need this. But he, not, never once do you see Jesus say, all right, guys, I'm done serving for the day. Thanks so much. Now, the, I'm not gonna lie, there were times that Jesus... It said he, he went away from the crowd, but he needed to reconnect with God. It wasn't he went away from the crowd to go binge out and watch Netflix for eight hours, and then he, he just disappeared for a whole week, but he went back, reconnected with God, and then he went right back to serving, literally up until the point of his actual death. Like, we got to get this. Like this is, and it's not a fake story. This is a real man who really walked the earth, who's re, he's real, and he really died. It's crazy. This is the example that we have, all right? Jesus was the greatest servant of all time. Ephesians 5.1, therefore, be imitators of God as beloved children. God is saying, whatever Jesus had, oh, and you'll see this a lot in the Bible too. He tells us, he says, whatever Jesus had, whatever Jesus did, that's what's expected of you and me. Now, granted, I don't want you to feel like, oh, I'm the worst right now. But it's, it's to call you up. It's to call you to be better. It's to call you to be greater. Even the Bible says, it says, Jesus was never tempted with anything strange or crazy that people aren't used to. It said, everything that you'll go through on this earth, Jesus faced it, and he overcame it. And this is our example. Now, again, God's a good father. He's not going to ask us to do something that's impossible. Do you guys agree with me with that? So when he says, be holy as I am holy. He's not giving you some impossible, crazy thing. He's saying there is an opportunity for holiness. 
And, and, and what's cool, I'm sidetracking a little bit, but it's okay. What's cool is holiness, we can't do anything to earn that. We can't. You know, this, now, there, there are steps in, in spiritual growth, but becoming holy, this might shake some of you guys, but I'll, I'll, I'll battle you with the Bible all day. When you come to Jesus and you ask for forgiveness of your sins, what Jesus does is he, is he forgives you, but he remembers a couple. No. It says everything that you've ever done is completely gone, guys. This is the beautiful salvation that we have. We get to go with him with complete innocence. So the second you say, Jesus, would you, I messed up again. I'm really, I mean, I don't know what happened. I mean, now we know what happened. Our desire is released to sin. So next time, just this is a sidebar of a sidebar. Next time you start to desire something, start repenting then. Don't repent when you actually sin. When you start thinking, hey, maybe I should say that about this person. Oh, maybe I should talk to this person late at night. Hey, what are you doing? What do you think we're doing? We're in our bed. Anyways, don't, don't stop at the sin, okay? Stop at the desire. The, hey, yeah, maybe, maybe me and her should just go in that car all alone, spend the night at the hotel. I mean, there's two beds, right? Like, that desire. We all know it. Guys, let's, let's be adults here. I can actually say that because we're almost all adults. But um, let's be real. When you, when you have that desire in your heart, that's when we need to stop. And we need to ask for his desires to come in us. That was a sidebar. Jesus makes you holy instantly. It's, I mean, yeah, there is a process of walking out sanctification. And you, do, you sin every now and then. But it's to walk you into maturity. And when you ask for forgiveness, you are absolutely holy right then. That's what the Bible says. And so... I say all that to say, whatever Jesus did, we can do too. And whatever Jesus modeled, it's expected of us to do the same. And again, if you're not there, don't beat yourself up all day being, ah, I'm the worst. I I barely serve. I'm still doing this and that. That's okay. Repent. You're holy and move on and and start finding people around you who can actually help you walk this out. Here we go. Let's get back to the notes. Servanthood is you agreeing with God that he wants you to be great. Because I promise you, so I, I bet there's some people in here who are, who are still like, God kind of wants me to be great, but maybe just like great at like this thing. No, God wants you to be great. And how do we know that? He wants you to be a servant. How do we know that? He said, model after my son. What did Jesus do? He came to serve. So Jesus, God is saying, I want you to be great. This is how. And he's cheering for you. He's rooting for you. But we can't start this process. We can't start this road to greatness if we never start serving. That was good. Here's a little uh, multiple choice question here. I should stop serving when, A, I become a leader. B, God anoints me. C, I have a family and a full-time job. D, never, ever, 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 no, no, never, no. What do you think the answer is, guys? D, we should never stop serving. Here's the next line. I am never over serving. It is never something you graduate from. I'm never over serving. Like you don't, it's not like, oh, I serve. Because here's the thing. Again, I'll tell you, Pastor Clyde has told you, you know, you serve in the years before. Like Pastor Clyde was like, he's like, he'll tell you. Everybody's like, man, Clyde is such a servant. Everywhere you go, people tell you, man, Clyde just served. Every single ministry he came from, man, he served and served and served everything. But that doesn't mean he sits in his office and just cleans his shoes all day long. (laughs) I'm serious. Like Pastor Clyde literally day in and day out is serving. It looks a lot different. It looks a lot different, but he's still serving. He's minute, like people call him late at night and they're like, hey man, this is everything going wrong in my life. Do you think Pastor Clyde's sitting there like, oh man, I had a stressful day. You know what I need right now is someone to call me crying. But you know what he does? 
It's his heart to serve. Because what we think is, I'm going to kind of spoil this for you. The road to greatness actually is the road to serving more. And I, I don't know how else to explain that except for through experience. So just start serving. You'll find out, okay? Um, if I'm above serving, I am below what God has for me. I, want, I really want that to sink in. If I'm above serving, I am below what God has for me. Because you think God has great and amazing things literally for every single one of you guys. I know that I know that God has placed a dream inside every one of you guys. Every single person in this room. And here's the thing. And, and no dream is to be diminished. The dream that, hey, I want to go to Africa and just become a full-time missionary and just give my whole life, even if, even if I just minister to one person. Like we think, man, that's, that's wow, what a great person that is. But the same, the same calling is the same as for the mother who is called to raise up her three children, her four children, whatever it is, and, and her, her niece's kid who just shows up. We don't know why, but, like, she's always here for food. You know what I'm saying? But every, God has a call on everybody's life. And that, that call cannot be accomplished if you don't serve. You can't move up the ladder without serving. Let me keep going. We're almost done here. Don't worry. Uh, I'll get to that in one second. Even even Paul. So, like the, being called a servant, Paul. He's like a he's another goat, greatest of all time. I mean, second under Jesus. But Paul is he's 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 got it. Okay. First off, this dude used to be the worst. Not he he wasn't like someone who sat outside a church and said, "Christians, you guys, you guys are the worst." Boo. You know, he's not that guy. He would go into church and like and just kill Christians. That's pretty rough, all right? And I know, we, again, I, I know we have crazy stories in here, but I don't think that, not that I know of. I mean, there's a possibility of a couple of you guys, but that's okay. Not that I know of, have any, has anybody in here gone into church and just killed Christians? If we think of that, we think, wow, that person is the absolute worst. We, it's actually, it's crazy, because this has happened a couple times very recently. There's been mass shootings and, and stuff in churches, and what's crazy is that the church will demonize this person. They will damn this person. Oh, that person deserves the death penalty, this, this, and that. And I, I, I'm not into politics. I can't, I can't battle back and forth. But the thing is, that was Paul. What about a modern-day Paul who walks into a, a Southern Baptist church down in Texas, shoots the place up, and then he goes to prison? We don't, we don't think about, oh, that person would probably write the New Testament. We don't, we don't think about this in real terms. We think, ah, you know, Paul, he messed up a little bit, but he's still a good guy. No, he was the worst, guys. But God used him to do crazy, amazing things. Paul literally saw, like, the dead raised. Here's a crazy story about Paul. Paul, he had to fund his own ministry, right? So he made tents. Paul was like, was so, was so annoyed, was so filled with the spirit of God that people would sneak up to Paul, steal a little like rag, like a sweat rag, because he'd be working, it's hot over there and wherever there is real and all that stuff. It's hot. He's using a sweat rag because he's sweating because they wear the whole, you know, you've seen the pictures of the people. It's a lot. He's sweating. He puts it down. He's back to making this tent. I have no idea how you make a tent. People literally, this is, you can read this in the Bible. Look it up. Just Google it. Just be like Paul's rags and, and you'll find it, Okay. They steal his rag. They go to their sick neighbor. They put the rag on them, and they're healed. Now, that's, cra- that's, that's pretty crazy. Anyways, I say this all this to say, Paul was the worst. Now, Paul's a big deal. Paul literally wrote the Bible that God later deems, like, this is it. This is incorruptible. This is, is, is profitable for teaching and, and preaching and all this stuff. This is how big of a deal Paul is. And so what does Paul say? He says, I am the head of the church. God has done amazing things through me. Anyone who comes in contact with me is favored. I know. This is what Paul says. He writes letters to churches all the time to keep them inspired. And this is what he says. 
You'll find it. Just, just open any, any New Testament book after, after like Acts. You'll see, I, Paul, a servant of Jesus Christ. That's it. That's all his accolades. Which is crazy because this dude is like, he's seen people come alive like that were dead, blind eyes, healed, all this stuff. He's saying, I, Paul, a servant. That's all his accolades. All right there. Whew. Is this, this is a lot. You guys, is this good though? You guys, you guys getting something out of this? I hope so. If you truly serve God, this is my conclusion. I promise this is conclusion. All right. If you truly serve God, you will not only look like Jesus on earth, but you, would, you will advance the kingdom. Because what does love mean? Love is an action word. What's the action? Serving. We all want to say, be love in our communities. And we're like, hey, we need help feeding the women's basketball team. You're like, that's a no from me. You want to be love? You want to be a part of what we're doing here? Of what God is doing here? He's doing amazing things. And I'm telling you guys, we all feel it. We know a big something. We don't even know what it is. We just know God is building up this expectation and it's going to go crazy like really soon. But if you want to be a part of of what God is doing, you've got to do something. (laughs) We have to serve. We can't sit on the sidelines and watch everybody do it over there. And what a lot of people get caught up with is, it's like, I feel called to be a preacher. It's like, that's great. The children's ministry sign-ups right over here. Because if you're not willing to fight in the trenches and preach to these little kids, you literally have an opportunity to preach to, to young revivalists, to young evangelists every single Sunday. And yet people are like, you know what, I'm, I don't know, I'm, I'm all right, you know? Like, I'm not really, like, good with kids, you know what I'm saying? I mean, like, every time I held a kid, it cries. It's crazy. It's like, it doesn't matter. It's like, here's the thing. Snuffy, I mean, he loves kids. So this is a little exciting. But you'll see is kids run up to Snuffy. He's down there. He gives them burrito. And, like, every, every kid in the church knows Snuffy. Not literally every kid. I don't want to, like, oh, did my kid know Snuffy? I don't know. But kids love Snuffy. Why? Because he's down there serving. And I'm telling you what, Snuffy's just been going, he's been, he's been sharing, I'm not going to talk about it, but he's been going through a lot and the Lord has been revealing these things to him and he's been giving him these dreams. And you know why? Because God said, I can trust you now because you've been working in the trenches. You've been in the places everybody else avoided. You went there and you said, I'm actually going to be love. I'm actually going to serve. I'm not just going to say, oh, be love. Yeah, that's a thing. Let me wear the t-shirt, pastor. No, he's doing something about it. And now God is trusting him with these dreams and these visions and these ideas. And it's, it's, it's crazy. But he wouldn't have gotten that. He didn't earn. He, you can't earn the trust of God any other way than serving. I have like two more things. If you can't serve God, you put a limit on the things you can do for him. Joshua 24, 15. We all know this verse. But I'm hoping it hits home a little harder today. And if it seems evil to you to serve the Lord, choose for yourselves this day who you will serve. Whether the gods of your fathers that served, uh, whether the gods your fathers served that were on the other side of the river, or the gods of the Amorites in those lands you dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. What I love about this is he says, choose this day who you will serve. He doesn't say, hey, think about this. Go home. Like, don't choose yet. He said, don't choose yet. He said, Go home, take a break, relax. You know, he said, choose today. Now, why? I mean, it seems a little intense. It's like, uh, this is something to think about. But God wants you to be in your calling to be great today. He doesn't want you to be there tomorrow. He doesn't want you to be running and growing weary and growing faint tomorrow. He wants you to be there today. Those who wait on the Lord, those who do something for the Lord, rise up with wings like eagles. Come on, guys. We, this, this strength starts to rise up when you're doing something. 
as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. That's what Joshua said. And I'm asking you guys the same thing today. Maybe you love God a ton. <laughs> maybe maybe you, could, you could give two cares and you're still on your way there. That's awesome. Just keep showing up. We'll keep loving you. Honestly, if you show up for the next five years and you're like, I don't even know if I'm ready to serve God, we'll still love you. <laughs> we'll still serve you. But if, if you, right now in your seat, you're like, I, I actually want to choose today to serve the Lord. Not, not, not serve, sit down and be like, all right, God, when you do something, let me know. But I choose to serve, to do something this day. I always talk about this. If way back when, you know, I'm four years old, can barely pick up a chair. If my father didn't draw the line and say, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. If I didn't start when I was four till I was eight and could start carrying the chair or like when I was 12 and could start to roll the table or when I was 13 and could start splitting wood. If my father didn't instill that with me, I, I can promise you I wouldn't be where I'm at. But we can only grow through serving. There's no other way. You find all the time in the Bible there's no other way to grow except through serving. So I ask you guys, choose this day. Who are you going to serve? Who are you going to serve? Who are you going to like actually do something about? Not if you want to like the Bible says, profess Lord as your Savior and you're saved. That's yes, yes and amen. But there's growth to that. There's more. Don't just sit there and be like, I love God and like that's awesome. Ser- like genuinely, I know I speak for Pastor and all that. Like we're happy. That's amazing. But let's move on. Let's go deeper. That's what this whole class is about, to move you along the line. Choose this day who you will serve. What are you actually going to do about it? Amen. I'm going to pray, and then we'll go into something crazy that you're not expecting. Amen. Lord, I pray that, I know tonight I was, you know, passionate and yelling and, and saying really a lot. But I pray that something would stick with these people tonight. God, if there's anything I said, even a, a side or whatever, that wasn't from you, I pray that you just wouldn't even let it stick in people's memory. But, but Lord, if there is something that was from you, God, I pray that that would stick and, and, and take root and grow and flourish into something great. God, we do all this for your glory. We serve you because you're great, because you are a great king. We love you so much. In your name we pray. Amen. Now... What's cool is, we're not just going to talk about it. My dear children, let us not just talk about love. Not, let us not just say, oh yeah, be love, I wear the shirt. But let us be about love, okay? In a, in a couple seconds, our, our leaders, we're going to go out into the foyer. And they're going to have a little cute little note card thing of what ministry they're over. If you're interested in it and you want to join one of those ministries, go up to them. Talk to them. I promise they're regular people. They're not too crazy, most of them. But talk to them, being like, hey, I actually want to do something. I actually want to choose for me and my house to actually serve the Lord and not serve sitting down, but, act, like, do something. So if you're about that, I mean, again, I don't want you guys to feel bad if you're like, I'm really not all about this. That's okay. Like, I promise you, we love you. We'll continue to serve you for, for as long as you want to be here. And we will love, love, and love you. But if you're about it, they're getting set up. They got, like, little round tables. Just go up. Just talk to them. Be like, hey, like, what do you even do? Is this, like... I don't know. What, what's cool is, what you, genuinely what you should do is do something you're not interested in and just serve because that's, like, better. But what we actually have is, like, different things. If you're like, hey, I pray, it's like, cool. Why don't you just join the rest of the people who pray at this church, like, all the time? It's like, hey, I build things. It's like, cool. We have people who build things. It's like, hey, I don't really know where to serve. It's like, cool. We have the 
It's called, what is it? Harvest Serve. It's like, I just want to serve somehow. It's like, cool, just go there. If you want to, I don't know, I forgot all about it. If, if you're like, hey, I kind of want to help out with youth. It's like, cool, go talk to Pastor Chase. Because here's the thing, guys. What we need more than money in the church, I'll just be frank with you. What we need more than money is people. <laughs> we need people to do something. And, and, and this is something we always overlook. But if we want to see what God has for this county happen, we're going to need people. Because here's the thing. If we had 5,000 people come to the church on Sunday, our 10, 20, 30 people we have serving isn't going to cut it. <laughs> and that's just, that's just it. We're going to get beat up. And by next week, we're like, I'm not really, yeah, I, can't, I can't move because I was just up for five hours just trying to find room for these people. I know I said a lot. Go sign up. Go serve. All right? That's all I have to say. Pastor, you want to say something? Amen.